Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Shelley Lefko is the co-author of the soon-to-be-published book, Self-Made, The Surprising Solution to Success, co-written with serial entrepreneur Vahan, you better help me with the last name there. The Premian. The Premian, yes, okay. After her husband uh, passed, Morty Lefko passed away in 2015, Shelley was tasked to run her business without him for the first time. Five years later, her company is now more profitable than it was even before the pandemic started. The tools she used to get through the difficult times are the same as the ones she uses to help her clients every day. Shelley's clients often know what to do to succeed, but often don't know what it takes. So she's helped them along the way and helped them to become successful like she is. Shelley, welcome today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you talk a lot about limiting beliefs. Let's talk about those and what they mean. Okay. So when we started 30 years ago, Alan, we would talk about beliefs and people would say, you mean like religious beliefs? They didn't even know what beliefs were. And today everybody's talking about beliefs. So first thing I want to do is define that word and then I'll explain why I talk about it so much. So a belief is the statement about reality that you believe is the truth. So it's like being pregnant. You either is or you ain't. It's the truth. That's what a belief is. And we often know intellectually that our beliefs are silly, but we still have them. And so our premise is that underlying virtually every problem that you have, be it procrastination, fear of public speaking, not being able to stand up for yourself, relationship issues, whatever stands in the way of you having a juicy, authentic life, there are beliefs underlying those problems. And when you get rid of the beliefs, you get rid of the problems. And um, my late husband, as you mentioned, created a technology. And when I say a technology, it's a reproducible process that quickly and permanently helps people eliminate the negative beliefs that keep you stuck. And um, we have seen people come into health, wellness, success. You know, I, I don't just like talking about success because people mean different things when they talk about success. When I talk about success, I mean a successful life. You're doing what you love. You get up in the morning and you can't wait to start your day. You have healthy, functional relationships. You take care of yourself. You um, care about people in the world. So you're in life in a way that is um, alive and vibrant. And so our belief work helps people get there. So let's dive down a little bit deeper and figure out a little bit more. So what do people often get wrong when it comes to finding their limiting beliefs? 
Wow. I have never been asked that question before. <laughs> what did they get wrong? Well, I don't think it's that they get they get it wrong about finding their limiting beliefs. I think most people don't have a clue how to get rid of them. That's the secret sauce. And a lot of people talk about getting rid of them and, and don't. Um, but what you can get wrong is a lot of people think that a pattern is a belief. So um, uh, I can't be successful um, or I can't have a lot of money. Those are really patterns. They're not beliefs. So people try to get rid of a pattern rather than a belief. So let's assume money is elusive to you. You do all the right things and you just can't get it. And then when you get it, you actually get money. You either overspend and get rid of it or you do something to sabotage it. The beliefs underneath would be money is scarce and hard to get or, you know, rich people are evil, um, you know, or if I have others don't. So I think people don't, they might not even know what their patterns are, no less their beliefs, but it's, it, even if you could uncover all of your beliefs, like a lot of people know they have the belief, I'm not good enough, which is the most powerful, uh, sorry, the most common belief people have is I'm not good enough. That's pretty much everybody has that. So even if you could uncover that and you knew you walk around going, oh, my God, I can't do that. I'm not good enough or, you know, mistakes and failures or bad is a very common mistake. Even if you knew you had those beliefs, it wouldn't be powerful because you have to be able to get rid of them. That's huge. And that's, you know, I, I think that's why people have difficulties. Now, there are a number of, of four other types of other limiting beliefs or beliefs people have in addition to the one that you said. Let's go into those a little bit more as well. What do you mean by four other beliefs? You know, procrastinate, it's, it's, you know, it says one of the things I've read around you is that listeners learn the four kinds of beliefs that make them avoid the hard actions required for success and what it takes to change them. Do you, do you have some other types of beliefs people have? Oh, that's how you, so you're taking this from the business book. So we've broken down things in a book because we're trying to teach people um, how to do the process. So yes. for this, for, for just working on your, um, uh, yourself, basically the, the two kinds of beliefs are core beliefs, which are self-esteem beliefs. They're basic fundamental beliefs. Life is hard. Um, I can't get what I want. I'm not good enough. I'm not important. And then the other kind of belief is the survival strategy belief. So a survival strategy belief comes later after first. So self-esteem beliefs are formed in the first six to eight years of life. You come into this world. You don't know if you're good enough or not good enough. You don't know if you're important or not important. And your parents are there and you either get affection and attention or you don't. You either get um, criticized and yelled at or you don't. Uh, you get kisses and hugs or you don't. So kids ask the question, why? That's what little kids ask. Why am I not getting hugs and kisses? Well, I guess I'm not lovable. Why am I not getting, why am I getting criticized all the time? Well, I guess I'm not good enough. And because you think you actually see your beliefs in the world, which is why it's so hard for people to get rid of them, because you can't not believe something you think you saw, when I say to clients, did you ever see I'm not good enough? They say, yeah, every day of my life. 
And so part of the work is getting you to realize that you didn't see that. You saw certain circumstances happen and I'm not good enough wasn't out there in the world. So those are the core beliefs. Then let's assume now you're eight years old and you have the belief, I'm not good enough. I'm not important. That's a crappy way to go through life. And then one day you get acknowledged for something. So if it's getting A's and scoring goals, you conclude what makes me good enough are my achievements. That's what workaholism is. If you're the oldest of 10, you might conclude what makes me good enough is taking care of people because that's what you get acknowledged for. And then you become a caretaker or you become a nurse or a healthcare practitioner, but you're always taking care of people because you feel like here's, I'm not good enough. It's a beach ball. What makes me good enough is achieving things. So now I'm workaholic. I'm going to hold the beach ball underwater, but you have to keep doing it and doing it like a heroin addiction because the beach ball keeps coming up and you have to keep it down. What makes me good enough is taking care of people. So I have to keep taking care of people to feel good enough because the minute I stop, this comes up again. So true self-esteem, confidence comes from I am good enough, period. I win, I lose, I fail, I succeed, I say stupid things, I mess, I, but I'm good enough. And, and when people do this work, they come away with life is a game. And the meanings that we give events that cause all of our emotions and feelings come from our beliefs. So when you get rid of your beliefs, you stop giving meaning to events and it's um, you become at cause in your life as opposed to at effect. That's very important. And I think you're, you're kneeling down some of the primary things people need to do to become successful and also successful in life. You're helping people to define their characteristics that they need. Maybe you have some stories of some people that you've helped along the way. Thousands. <laughs> but I'll tell you, um, let's see how, I, I always wonder if I should go extreme or common. Um, so who did I work with this morning? Let's see. Ah, so I had somebody who has... Um, uh, serious procrastination problems. And this is a good story because his boss came in and said, if you don't start taking more risks and fail more, I'm going to fire you. And he called and he said, Shelly, I, I can't. I, I just do, you know, what, you know, if you're not failing, Richard Branson says, it's because you're doing what you did yesterday and you're never going to be successful doing what you did yesterday. So you have to, in today's world, be innovative. But the beliefs that he had were, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. Now, again, we all know we're capable in our heads. But if you say the belief out loud, say, I'm not capable. And if that has any resonance on it or it doesn't feel good to say, then you know you have that belief. So he had the belief, I'm not capable, mistakes and failures are bad. If I make a mistake or fail, I'll be rejected. Um, and then I'll tell you some fascinating one. Um, what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me, which is one of the most common beliefs that ruin our lives, the ruined mind. 
Um, that ruined my life, but I would walk away from people going, you know, did they like me and didn't they like me? And what did they say? And I just say the right thing and do the right thing. Once I got rid of that belief, I can speak in front of 600 people, which I just did in Croatia. And, you know, I'm serving. I'm, it's not about me anymore. It's about you. I only want to serve. And if you like me, I don't, that's wonderful. If you don't, okay. But did I make a contribution? That's what I care about. So going back to my client this morning, he had all those, and those are the procrastination beliefs. No matter what I do, it'll never be good enough. So he called me this morning and he said, you are not going to believe this. And I said, what? And he said, I have created something that I've a program that I've been wanting to pull the plug on for three years. And I was terrified. And given all those beliefs, mistakes and failures are bad. If I make a mistake or fail, I'll be rejected. What makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. I'm not capable. He got rid of all those beliefs. He pulled the plug and he said the reaction was beyond his wildest dreams. And he said, now, if somebody writes and says, I don't like this or this, he said, I just fix it. And, you know, it's, it's completely said, it's like all the fear just left him. And I have tens of thousands of stories like that. Um, our beliefs correlate. Um, another fascinating one was I had a client who gets sick all the time. And her belief was the way to get attention is to be sick because that's the only time she got attention as a kid was to be sick. That's not good. That's not a good belief. So how did she overcome that? We just eliminated the belief. Yeah. That's how we overcome everything. I take people through a process at the end of which that belief is gone and never comes back. That's cool. Can you go through the process you take them through? so that you can help them along the way? No, that takes too long. I could tell you what the steps are, but I can't go through the process. That takes at least for the first time a half hour. That's um, fine. Let's go through the steps. But I go through the steps. So if I ask everybody listening, you know, um, think of a belief. Now, everybody say out loud, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Now say, I'm a monkey. I'm a monkey. So do they feel the same or different? They feel different. Yeah. And when I'm not good enough, doesn't feel good. It's because you have the belief, because if you didn't have the belief, it would feel like I'm a monkey. It would feel like just words, but it feels charged because the belief is there. And if you don't think you have that belief, ask yourself the question, what makes me good enough? What makes me good enough? And if you answered that question with anything other than nothing, I just am, you have the belief. So the first step would be, where did that belief come from? So I'll go through it very quickly. And you could just write down if you want to, um, where did the belief come from? So mom and dad, first six years, eight years, did you get criticized a lot? So that's the first step. Where did the belief come from? Okay. And then we play a game called possibilities. And you say, well, the fact that mom and dad criticized me could mean that 
I'm not good enough. What's another interpretation? Well, it could mean that mom and dad thought you weren't good enough. That doesn't mean it's true. It could mean that you weren't good enough as a kid. That doesn't mean it's not true. Another interpretation is that you were good enough and your parents were critical people. They didn't know how to teach. And they had unrealistic expectations. So if there are other valid interpretations that would explain the fact that you were criticized as a child, is what you said, I'm not good enough, the truth or one interpretation? Mm-hmm. Is it the truth or one interpretation? Yeah. I'm asking you. I, I think it's one interpretation. Good. Great. Now, here's the power. Doesn't it seem like as a child, you saw I'm not good enough? Like you could point to it on your childhood video. Yes. Did you ever really see I'm not good enough? No, I think it was from a number of things that were inferred from things in my existence. So anything you could see has a color, shape, and location. You can't see I'm not good enough. That's correct. Good. So if you never saw it out in the world, where's it been all these years? Probably deep down inside of me. Nope. If I open you up, I'm not good enough is nowhere deep down inside of you. And this is a misconception why people can sit in therapy for a long time. So it came from somebody else. It came from being inferred. Nope. So where did it come from? Your mind. It came, all of our beliefs come from our minds. Yes. So what, why are mom and dad criticizing me? I guess I'm not good enough. Where does that conversation happen? Inside In my, mind. In my mind. Awesome. So you made that up. You weren't stupid. Anybody, any kid in that situation would have made it up, but you still made it up. Mm-hmm. So that's the cake. Here's the icing. Yes. I'm going to ask you a question, but don't answer it because okay. you won't answer it. What does it really mean that you were criticized as a child or whatever happened to you happened to you? What meaning does that have? Now, if you're in a room and somebody you know comes in and doesn't speak to you, what might you automatically think? Just make something up. Uh, they they didn't notice me or they didn't think of me. They didn't notice me. Whatever you said, they're rude. They don't like me. They're just, they're distracted. Whatever is meaning. Where did that meaning come from? It came from my mind and what I put on it. Beautiful. So meaning comes from your mind. If meaning comes from your mind, do events have inherent meaning? No, they don't. Awesome. Events have no meaning. That's not to say it doesn't matter or it was no big deal. If you were beaten as a kid or criticized all the time, that wasn't fun. And there were consequences. But meaning 
speaks to what do I know for sure because something happened. So my husband died. It was tragic. I miss him every day. But the fact that he died does not mean anything. In other words, it doesn't mean I'll never be happy again or I'll never love again or I'm going to starve to death. Those are and those meanings are in your head. They're not in the events. The events don't have any meaning. And if it's 9-11 or Hitler or whatever you want to come up with, those events, we don't know anything for sure because those things happened. Does that make sense? Yes, it sure does. Great. So what does it mean? What does it really mean that you were beaten as a child or criticized as a child or you failed in school as a child? What meaning does that have? It means what we put on it. So everybody says that. And that's not true. Because if the event means what you put on it, then it means I'm not good enough. But if I'm not good enough is in here, what inherent meaning is in the events? I'm not sure, Shelley. Tell me. None. So the fact that you were criticized as a child has no meaning. The fact that you were beaten has no meaning. Doesn't That's not to say it wasn't horrible or there weren't consequences. I work with incest survivors. That's not a fun thing to have happen to you, but the events don't mean anything. You don't know anything for sure because they happen. It doesn't mean you're powerless. It doesn't mean men are dangerous. It doesn't mean you're damaged goods. All of those meanings are in your mind, not in the events. So the fact that whatever happened to you as a child happened has no meaning. Now, can events that we only have two steps left? Can events that have no meaning make you feel anything? So if something happens, you're walking down the street, a man walks past you and it has no meaning, what are you going to feel? You shouldn't feel anything. And if you give it the meaning he's dangerous, what are you going to feel? You'll feel frightened. If you give it the meaning he'll protect me, what will you feel? You'll probably feel that you're going to be protected. Exactly. You'll feel safe. So can events that have no meaning make you feel anything? Sure. How can an event that has no meaning make you feel anything? If you, if you, as you said, ah. if, as you said, that if it makes you feel, if you put some meaning to it, then it has some meaning to it. Ah, so the feeling, so an event that has no meaning cannot make you feel anything. Somebody cuts you off on the highway. It has no meaning. You'll feel nothing. But if you say that guy's a jerk, you'll feel angry. If you say that guy must be going to the hospital, you'll feel compassion. Yeah. So all of our feelings come from the meaning we give events, not the events. Gotcha. So, So the last step is what makes you feel, what made you feel not good enough as a child was the meaning you gave the events, not the events. Yes. So close your eyes and imagine being a child and you're giving the same events different meaning. My parents have unrealistic expectations of a child. Or my parents 
think I'm so smart that they criticize me because they think that I could do anything. And as you're giving the same events different meaning, do you still feel not good enough? That's a tough question. What's your answer, Shelley? Well, I'm asking you, if you're, if you're in a situation and your parents are criticizing you and you actually believe that they have unrealistic expectations and you, that's the meaning you give the event and you believe that, are you going to feel like you're not good enough? Yes. Why would you feel that way if you're giving the meaning that they have high expectations? I guess I'm buying their belief that uh, I'm not good enough or they're just. So that's the last question. If you had given different meaning to the events, would you still have the feeling? No. And if you didn't then, would you today? No. Good. So. That's the process. Now that, of course, if I was working with you in a first session, could take, you know, 20 minutes to a half hour. After you do the process once, I can do three, four, five beliefs in a session. Okay. And it becomes easier with each session and and each way that you go through it. Well, in some respects, yes, because you, you, it's easier because you're more facile with the process, but it depends on what you're opening up. There are certain things that are more loaded and have a little more energy on them, which could make it a little more difficult. Well, that's right. Now, I'm going to ask you two questions, Shelley. One might be a little bit difficult to handle. One is, with with all you've learned and how you've learned to, to go through this process, how do you have a fantastic life? Well, two things. Number one, I got rid of the beliefs that were in my way. So when I was a kid, my dad, who was very, very loving, would say, eh, you don't use your head. So I concluded I'm stupid. I'm not capable. And I also was not a a school student because I'm an outside the box thinker. And I didn't like the way you had to be in school. And I'm a questioner. I ask a lot of questions. They don't like that. So I got rid of all those beliefs. So that's the first thing. So when I got rid of those beliefs, I was different. Um, The way that I have a fantastic life is to do two things. I am constantly in gratitude for my life. Every day, every morning I wake up and I really get in touch with how grateful I am. But the second thing is to not is to dissolve the meaning that you give events. So if my kids do something that is can be hurtful or, you know, uh, I don't close uh, a, a deal that I was looking for. Perfect example of, you know, when right before the pandemic, I was supposed to go to Vietnam and I teach parenting and teaching parenting in Asia has been something I've dreamt about because I want to impact Asian culture's need to achieve, 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 because it doesn't lead to a delicious life. And it got canceled because of the pandemic. And I was really disappointed. And I started to go down the rabbit hole. And I said, Shelly, what meaning are you giving the fact that you're not going? Well, I'm never going to impact Asian people. Well, that's not true. It's never going to happen again. That's not true. Um, You know, um, whatever other meaning I, so I look at the process and I go, here's the event. Here's the meaning. The event's not in the meanings, not, I I did a podcast. I don't know if you know who Mark Hyman is, but 
he has 25 million downloads and he's a friend and a client. And we, and so I got on his podcast and he started sharing the most intimate details of his work with me, which was really shocking. And we had this amazing hour together. And after I got off, he texted me and he said, I think we didn't get it. And I was started again to go right down the rabbit hole. And I said, what meaning are you giving it? Well, we'll never do it. We'll never do it as well again. Is that true? No. So so it could mean that. And it could mean that the next time it's going to be even better. And it could mean that maybe he did get it and he just didn't think he did. But the fact that he just said that has no inherent meaning. We don't know anything for sure because that happened. I go in to teach the occurring course where we actually teach people for 10 weeks how to do this. And it's about five minutes before the end of the call. And I shared how I used it to not go down the tubes. And he texts me and he says, we got it. Cool. Cool. So So that's how I have a fantastic life. Okay. One second question. Okay. Audience out there, how do you tell them to have a fantastic life? What steps must they take to have that fantastic life? Well, the same thing. So to know that. So the first thing is to practice gratitude to, you know, I get up in the morning and sometimes I realize, Alan, I can see there are people who can't see. And I will never see their grandson's face which is the greatest joy of my life. There are people who cannot hear and will never hear music. So I just start. So I I suggest that no matter how bad your circumstances are, you have things to be grateful for. I am healthy. I get out of bed. I can do anything, hike, bike, climb. I'm healthy. So that's the first thing I suggest is to be grateful. And the second thing is, well, also to work on yourself, to get rid of the beliefs that keep you from having a great life, because they really beliefs, and, and they say negative beliefs, there's no such thing as a negative beliefs, but there are beliefs that keep, if you believe life is hard, you are going to have a hard life. So we have a program called Natural Confidence for people who either can't or don't want to do private sessions. And it has 19 of the most common self-esteem beliefs. And if you go to recreateyourlife.com, R-E, recreateyourlife.com. You can eliminate a belief for free. There's actually three of them, the most common ones, and you can go through the process. So get rid of your beliefs. And then the third thing is practice this tool of getting that your upset, your emotions are not coming from events because when you think they are, you are a victim. You are living life at the effect of everything and everybody. When you get that it's the meaning you're giving that's causing your problem, your upsets, you can get rid of that meaning, get that the event has no meaning and the emotion will go away. So you never have to be in emotions that you don't like. Well, that's cool. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Shelly Lefko. <laughs> The amazing person who has 
figured out a lot of things. Shelley, how can get, they can get in touch with you if you, they'd like to? Um, well, um, you can actually go to Recreate Your Life, and that would be one thing you can do. And, um, or you can go to lefcoinstitute.com. And uh, my email is Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y, at lefcoinstitute.com. I don't usually give that, but I was just downloaded to give it, so. Perfect. Thank you, Shelly. Thank a you. You too. Bye for now. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.